I introduced an idea to you last week, those of you who were here, on, on what it means to follow after God through a vision or a dream, pursue God. I want to pick that up a little bit tonight, but I want to have a fuller conversation perhaps uh, with you tonight around something that's really been on my heart. And my prayer is that uh, when we get to the end of our, our conversation or, or the service tonight, you'll feel like the Lord has led you in in some kind of spiritual way. Um, so the first part of the message uh, tonight will be similar to, uh, to the, the morning one. So if anybody's double dipping, just amen extra hard, like you never heard it before ever uh, in your life. Um, uh, do, you, do you know the first instruction that God gave in the Bible when God commanded something? I think I'm pretty confident you all know what it is if I just start the first part of it. The first instruction from God was let there be Oh yeah, so good. The morning service people coming through extra awkwardly strong there uh, at the beginning. Let it be like Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse uh, 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Spirit of God hovered over the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. But then I did a little mischievous test to find out if you knew what the second, now the front row people, please don't, please Please don't support. Please don't support. Uh, if you knew what the second command uh, from God, not commandment, but command that came from God was in the book of Genesis. Uh, the first one was let there be light, and the second one was let there be. Only because you're reading it there. You and you and you disqualified from the prize that I planned. Either that or you're super spiritual people and God's going to bless you with or without me anyway and be blessed. The second uh, command from God is let there be space. And I want to talk to you tonight about making space for God and godly things and good things in your life. You may not know this yet because many of you are, are quite quite young still, but your space is going to be spoken for for the rest of your life. Somebody's going to say they own your time. In fact, you will literally be selling time and space to people in employment and your hobbies will occupy space, your relationships will occupy space and throughout your life, you're going to have to make space for things. So I always find it fascinating. You know, you ask a single person, uh, when are you going to get into a relationship? They go, I, don't, I, I don't have time for that. That was a very that was a very affirming, yeah. And then and then you say you say to married people, when you're gonna have kids, and they go, oh, I don't I don't have time for that. Then they have three, four kids. Michael, let me say you can be grateful your wife is not here tonight, but this message will be conveyed to. Um, and and then you say to people, when you get involved in church, they say, well, I just don't have time. I don't have space right now. The truth is, there is never enough space ever in your life until you make space. You are the master of that moment and you have to be light and make space. The same God who said, let there be light, also says you and I must be light to the world. And the same God who said, let there be space, is the God who instructs us to find, create and make space for God. And that idea is what I want to explore tonight. What stops there? What's make, what makes that hard? And how can we make it a little fuller? In fact, 
creating space uh, and having space. If, if we don't do that deliberately, it'll be done for us. And not only by the people and other things, but do you know the Bible tells us, I'm sure you felt the same. If you're not careful, um, even negative things will occupy space. Have you ever used this sentence without realizing it's actually in the Bible? Look at this. Psalm, all the bikers very excited right now. What is it? Who is it? I want to go out and get a bike. Cam, are you okay? You okay? Just be calm. Just be calm. You're married now. Be responsible. Uh, so so I, I reckon that 51 in a couple of uh, weeks' time, I need to get like a, like a Harley or something. I, no, not, no. A tattoo. A tattoo. It needs to say something like, made it to the halfway mark. Um, Psalm 69, I'm hurt and in pain. Give me space for healing and mountain air for breathing. Have you ever said to someone, can you just give me space? It's a verse in the Bible. You didn't know that. You're more biblical than you realised. If you're telling the same person to give you space over and over again, you need to remove that person from your space. Okay, that's just free advice. But isn't it interesting that when we're hurt, we need space. When we're healing, we need space. But when God wants to move, He needs space. And when you want to see your life step up, you need to create space. And if you don't do that, rubbish will occupy space in your life. I use this example also in the morning um, on how to make space. And that that idea, there's a a verse in the Bible in the book of Luke uh, where Jesus walks past a fig tree and the fig tree doesn't have fruit, it only has leaves. So the Bible says He curses the fig tree. Or He actually... That one, he says to the owner of the victory, chop it out. And the owner says, please not yet. Can I have another couple of years, three years? Interesting, three years. Let me work three years uh, on it. And if it still doesn't bear fruit, uh, then we can uh, cut it out. I'll, I'll look after it. I'll fertilize it. But Jesus makes this statement. He says, chop it out because it's just taking up. You're getting it. So there are things that look green in your life, but they're not fruitful things. And if they're not fruitful things, they've got to come out. Or, this was the other part of that instruction, or take a couple of years, invest into it. The guy said, I'll fertilize it, I'll dig around it, I'll prune it. Invest into it until it's fruitful. Either it must go or you must get going. Otherwise, it's just a waste. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of space. Can you say amen to that? Uh, I have at-home gym equipment that came, it was given to me due to lockdown. Um, it is, that equipment is very much like that fig tree. It's there, but it's making, producing no fruit. I stumbled over some of the weights the other day and I thought, you cursed thing, you are taking up space. But I mean, now you can go to an actual gym, right? I'm not a good at-home gymmer. I'm preoccupied by things and I set myself up on the treadmill and then I was watching something and I realized I'm too caught up in what I'm watching, so I slow down. Then I put on the treadmill like a mountain range, so you're running up a hill and down a hill to copy the mountain. I'm like, I'm not on, on that mountain. I'm just in my garage. Let's just, let's just keep it real. Uh, I, I, I want to in, in, encourage you, keep it real. Um, if things are there, even if they're green and leafy, but they're not fruitful, you need to say to yourself, either I must do something with it or it has to go. 
That's one of the keys to making space. And in this year, we felt like God was inviting us to make space for Him. And uh, we want to do, um, uh, I think you already know this part because I already shared it with you in the evening service before the morning service. So there was like an awkwardness about that. You guys got it first. But making space for the human condition, we want to make sure we're a church where and have a spiritual life where everybody's welcome and and um, we, we accommodate, care for, and love people and their problems. It's okay. It's okay to be fighting a fight and wrestling a thing. We love you anyway. Um, and because we've all had them or have them. But we also, in addition to want to host humans well, uh, people well, we want to host or make space for God um, well. Uh, in the morning service, we literally have to buy more seats, which is a fascinating thing how God is, you know, in the morning service, one thing's happening in the evening service, we're busy forging something new, something different. The, the fires are burning now and I feel metal being forged. Something's going to come out of this uh, in 2023. You just watch this. Oh, you're so good. How easy is this? You just watch this space. Um, but, but we have to uh, be quite intentional about it. You know, even God, um, sometimes when he is delaying, it, it seems like he's delaying in, answer, in answering you. It's only because he's giving you space to arrive where you need to be. Second Peter 3, the message translation, God is restraining himself on account of you, holding back to the end, so he's not ending the world because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everybody space and time to change. Everybody space and time to change. And uh, sometimes we just have to persevere. I told this story uh, and, and production, I'm probably, I'm not sure if I'm going to show the concentric circles right now, so please be patient with me. I, I told the morning service this, um, after two years of lockdown and one year of a weird year and a lot of um, tragic and weird stuff happening in my family and going overseas a lot um, to sort out stuff, something happened in my heart and it was unexpected and unplanned and I didn't like it. And what happened was I just, I started feeling like South Africa wasn't my space anymore and I didn't want to come back. It's pretty awkward, eh? Because I've grown up here. I'm, I'm, look at me, I'm tanned by the African sun. And everything started to annoy me, you know, the, the um, potholes um, everywhere and the street signs that are damaged and the load shedding at my friend's houses. I live in a house that doesn't have load shedding, but I know I'd look across the road and I'd go, shame. In fact, I have a neighbor in the service who lives across the road and I wake up in the morning, I turn on my coffee machine to make a, a, a cappuccino and I look across the road and I go, ah, oh, shame. <laughs> and then to irritate them every now and then I text them and say, if any of you folks want to charge your phones, you, you, I'm going to send an extension lead down and just put 50 bucks in the box and then you can charge your phone. But that's only when it's load shedding stage eight. So, but my point is I got, I got annoyed and then I'd come to church and somehow I'd feel like this wasn't my space anymore, like a season had ended, you know, all those Christian terms. And I'd get really heavy about it and I'd be singing, but I, I couldn't get into the singing. And I said in the morning service, but I was clever enough not to hurt Vince's feelings. Um, and I raised my hands in worship because I didn't want to be the guy who put his hands in his pockets in the front row. 
Said, don't do that. If you sit in the front row or the second row, don't put your hands in your pockets. It's unkind. And I took it to the Lord and I said, Lord, I, I just, I'm not, I don't, I don't feel like I'm in the right space. And the Lord so clearly through scripture spoke to me. And I, I didn't like the answer, to be honest. He said, well, you're just going to have to persevere. Just like other people have to persevere when they go through something. And somewhere in the persevering, I'll come find you. And it took a year of just serving anyway, worshipping anyway, believing anyway, holding on to scripture anyway, praying anyway, not feeling like there was space. But the act of persevering was creating space. And in that divine intersection of my obedience and God's compassion, he met me and made space. And you have to learn to make space for God. You have to learn it. And I think it's always going to be challenging to make space, especially when you have to balance the human condition with the, with the divine. It, there'll be a challenge. Now I find myself thinking, I get up in the morning and, and I think, load shedding or not, I have this most extraordinary view. How lovely is it to be in this city? How wonderful is it to do church with you? How amazing are the people we're journeying with and doing life with? And something kicked into one's heart. You have to be careful that the enemy doesn't rob you of your future by occupying your mind and your heart and your everything um, by things. And, and the... Now, you know, now big things are happening that, you know, if it, that happened three months before, that would have tipped me over the edge, 100%. Remember I told you about this guy who thinks I've been dating his wife? I mean, it's a whole thing, like a proper thing. He's sending photos and stuff, and I'm like, that's not her, and it's not me. I don't know what's going on, but you need to get off that stuff, whatever stuff you're on. And then the police phone me and say, oh, this guy's got a history, you should be careful. So, like, Somebody had to drive me home and then wait for me to get in and drive me back and whatever. Three months ago, I would have said, you see, this isn't my space. Even the mad people are telling me, go away. Now, I, I have a, a, a different perspective. I, now I, I go, uh, I'm really rattling the devil somehow or the other because he's reaching now, like he's reaching. Um, dating some in PE. Am I doing that in PE? Do you know PE? You don't know PE. If I took somebody for coffee at 5 o'clock, at 5.07, Father's house going to be knowing about it. He said I dated her for two years. Two years. I'm very busy. <laughs> it's very irritating. I mean, I'm making jokes of it now. It's really very irritating. And he's apparently not all right which makes sense. But also, um, it's a powerful coffee, eh? You take someone for a cup of coffee and it causes all this apparently. And it used to, stuff like that used to really bother me. And now I've come to realize, wait a minute, that's something trying to get into my space. Take command of your space. Put a boundary. Set the tone. Carve out. 
Kick a hobby slightly to the side. Move the budget to one side. Get your anger out the way and leave enough space for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to occupy space in your life. You got to do it. As I said last week, if you're here, for we, we are a temple built up to be a habitation in which God dwells by Spirit. So our very purpose of worshipping God is to become a temple in which God dwells. So there must be space. And I wanted to perhaps take you to one part of this conversation um, on how practically to create space. So that's the goal of the next um, 10 minutes or so. And I've taken my lessons out of the Martha Dilemma. I thought that rhymes nicely. The Martha Dilemma. Do you know the story in the Bible about Mary and Martha? Uh, Let me remind you, Luke chapter 10, verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him, hosting people. Uh, She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care about, okay, that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself. Tell her to help me. How many of you siblings have felt this feeling before? Like, how many of the oldest children right now are feeling? Some siblings are literally having a fight right now. No, I was the one. No, it was you. Uh, I'm the oldest of four brothers and I feel that I did everything for my brothers. Now they will object completely, but I feel that they were incompetent and incapable and that I had to sign them up at varsity and I had to suffer the dictatorship of discipline. And then as the children popped out, the parents got more and more rustic about it. Like, nah, one of the three of you does something crazy, that's fine, but not the first one. Um, and so, I mean, no wonder I was left with no other choice but to run to God. Uh, <laughs> uh, makes me wonder where the others are. So, jokes aside, uh, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried. Now, this is the thing. It wasn't the work that was the problem. It was the worry. Anytime you do something from a position of worry, then the work is no longer healthy. So she was working, but worrying. You're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. You see that little thing in brackets there? In, in, the, Bible, in the Bible translations, they put that there, and usually you can click on it and then go see what else had to be said about that verse, but it, it, it didn't need to all be written there. So I left it there just for you to know, because I'm going to come back to it in a moment. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from him. What that little click says is that Jesus was telling Martha that the thing she was doing, she could do any time, but that Jesus being there in that moment was unique to that moment. She was missing the moment. And I wonder if we don't miss moments because we don't make space for those moments. We don't, I've told you the story before, it's it's still really funny, and I, chatted to the guy the other day. You may know him, one of our former mayors, uh, Ethel Trollope. He had come to visit my home. And at the time, I hadn't refurbished my home. It was eight years ago. And I had the TV playing and at the time running, and at the time the TV was opposite the window. It's not important except what I'm going to tell you now. My windows look over down the valley and to the sea. It's pretty, it's nice. 
And I had the tea running, and the tea was running National Geographic like an ocean documentary. And, the, and the, at the time, he was the man. He came in and he said, George, um, I don't mean to be funny, but if you just turned around, you would see the real sea and not the one on the TV. You're missing the moment. It was prettier that way than that way. And I do wonder if sometimes we're preoccupied by addictions and obsessions and invasions and we miss the God moments and we miss the opportunities and we miss the divine in the minutiae of the madness. And I want to encourage you to really let God teach you how to make space. Some of you, you have to put your devices down for a couple of hours a day and let God rule and reign over your heart. Some of you just need to set aside some things and just create space to breathe. You know, when you're very busy, people might ask you, I get asked this a lot, do you have headspace for this question? Do you have headspace for that conversation? I want to invite you to have headspace and heart space for new things and create hand space so that you can take up new ideas and new challenges and, and new opportunities. Uh, don't let your life um, uh, be so structured. Uh, don't let your life be so wired and so structured that there's no room for anything new. Uh, your future, uh, God has divine plans for your future and they're going to need you to make, some, uh, make, make yourself available in some kind of way in, in order for them to, to take place. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump production to uh, some practicalities on, on how to create space. First of all, I want to encourage you, number one, uh, they, they, they might just have to follow along. Did I accidentally delete? No. Number one, make space to be. Um, it's, here's what I mean. Be authentic. Just be real. Make space to be real. Tonight still, you might have to do this. You might have to say to somebody, this isn't working for me. Or you might, don't, don't do it now. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, shame. Going to do it in church. It's like a hospital here. They can fix him. But at the same time, some of you, to, be, to, be, to make space, you've got, to, you, you've got to stop flexing. You've got to stop flexing. Be authentic. Say, I'm sorry, I, I, I can't afford that. Be authentic. Because now you're making space to be real. But some people are living a life that is not sustainable. It's full of the pressure of being somebody else for other people and you're not going to make it, you're going to crash and burn and you're going to love yourself and your life more if you can just be authentic. Just be authentic. So that's not me. It's not me. And you, maybe you need to be honest with someone else and say, hey, I like, I like you. Maybe it, it doesn't only have to be, hey, this isn't working for me. Maybe it could be, it could be you're the one, you know. Look how excited. There was predominantly female voices that rose there, like clinging on to the last days of February. My promise is coming. <laughs> Find out about my strawberry story in, um, in one of the morning services. You'll, you'll have a good laugh. Be, be authentic. Be available. Be available. Uh, do you know there's a place in the Bible where God spoke to 
um, a prophet and just called his name out at night three times just so that he would say, yes, here I am. And sometimes all God needs to hear from us is, Lord, your servant. In fact, the verse, the answer was, Lord, your servant listens. Maybe you just need to be available and say, Lord, your servant hears, your servant listens. Be authentic, be available, be active. Be active. There's this research that came out recently. I mean, I don't know. There's research for everything, isn't there? How many of you know you could find research to prove anything right now? Like, it's amazing. Like, I did research thing, uh, YouTube rabbit hole on coffee the other day. And in three hours, I found out that coffee could prolong my life by 10 years and kill me in three. <laughs> Both statements by highly scientific, very credible humans. We're going to find out in three to 10 years. But... <laughs> It's, just, it's a real mystery, mystery isn't it? But I, I do believe this one. And that is uh, research shows not to wait to feel motivated to do something, but that doing something, almost anything, creates motivation. I think they're finding out what the Bible's been saying all along. Do it and then feel it. And you've got to just push through that initial barrier of discomfort. Anytime you're making space for something new or making space for God, it's going to be awkward. You have to get through the awkward part. You just have to get through the awkward part. When you get through the, it's going to be awkward in worship. It's going to be awkward the first time you and your partner pray together. It's going to be awkward to tell your friends, listen, I'm a cat mens. I'm going to church on Sunday. I can catch you on Monday. It's going to be awkward. But every time you do that, you make space. And every time you get through the awkwardness, God will come through and fill that space. It's going to be awkward. First time you raise your hand, it's going to be awkward, you know. Google the like different types of hand raising. There's like a whole meme out there. How many of you know what I'm talking about? There's like I'm carrying the TV and the goalpost and just get get some vibe behind you and make space for it. And the first time you do, especially if you're here with your partner, your, your girlfriend or your boyfriend, it's going to be super awkward, like your palms are going to sweat. But when you get through the awkwardness, you will have made space. Something's going to happen. First time you're tired, it's going to be super awkward. You're going to feel sick to your stomach. Will there be enough? Won't there be enough? But you get through the awkwardness, you make space for God. You'll tell the story later, how good God is. Amen. And then, and is that a clappable moment? Like there was almost movement there. Uh, first time you invite a friend to church, you should totally do that. You should totally invite someone to church. Fetch them even if you have to. If they tell you they don't have a car, fetch them. If they tell you they don't know where it is, send a pin location. Save it tonight already. You're going to need it. If um, they say they don't have money for the plate, tell them we don't have a plate. Just just come. And um, it'll be awkward, but it'll be good. You'll be making space. Secondly, uh, you make space to believe. Uh, you, you know, you've got to be very careful. Here's how you make space to believe. You've got to add certain sentences to the end of your sentences. Example of that in the Bible, don't say tomorrow I will do this or tomorrow I will do that. Instead say, tomorrow we'll do this if God wills. And what that verse is about, you don't have to get difficult about it now. Like I'm going to have, you know, wraps tomorrow, God willing. You know, you don't have to get awkward about it. But what it means is don't close a chapter 
without leaving a sentence that says, God's will be done. Then close the chapter. When you say stuff like, people say stuff like, this country is going nowhere. Be careful. Rather say, I can't see where this is going, but God has a plan. You've got to leave space. You're not leaving space. Uh, You've got to conclude your sentences or your ideas with this little bit of that little light that must shine at the end. Our full stops in Christianity are torches of light. It's been rough, but God is for me and not against me. You've got to do that because when you do that, you're making space and God will come through to you. And then, and then um, to believe by, by watering the word, you've you got to hold on to the word and believe it. You've got, um, you got to believe and make space by walking in his ways. Uh, every time you do something that is biblically sound, you're making space in your life. And God expands in you. And then every time your will surrenders to God's will, to, to will according to his good purpose or pleasure, the Bible says, you're making space. And I don't think we have enough space in our, our lives. It's so funny. The richer you get, the bigger you want to build space and the smaller your heart space gets. And true wealth is spiritual space. Now the Bible even says, uh, they instructs us, enlarge your tent, stretch out your cords, make space. I think there's something really powerful about, about that. My, my invitation to you uh, uh, tonight is to pause long enough uh, to find out what's occupying space in your life, in your head, your heart and your hands. Figure out if it's fruitful. Make the decision between it must go or I must get going and invest into it. And then to leave space for God to move. So I really believe the most beautiful, um, the most beautiful part of life is that part when a supernatural God intersects an ordinary human condition and brings light out of darkness and life out of death, and beauty for ashes, and the oil of gladness instead of the spirit of heaviness. When that happens, that's beautiful. And that could happen anywhere in the world. I'll conclude where I, tonight where I sort of started this morning. I listened to an interview um, of an astronaut, right? Those are the guys who go into space. Astronaut. They asked this astronaut who had been to the moon what was the most striking thing about it. And you know what he said? It really struck him, stuck in my mind. I should Google his name and try to remember it next time. He said, I traveled all that distance only to look back and find the most beautiful place was home. <laughs> That's powerful. I, I was a little rude in the morning. And I'm careful now because I know some of you are moving to Cape Town and some of you are moving overseas. And so I don't want to like say too many nasty things about that. But this guy was basically saying he moved planets 
and what he had right around him was the most beautiful thing in it. Like the idea of looking for something out there when it's making space for something in here. He went into outer space where there's infinite amount of space and total silence and no invasion or distraction. But he looked back at this little green planet and said, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And watch out that the devil doesn't rob the beauty of what we have by occupying it with his garbage so that we're looking for beauty in some other space only to find that it was in our space all along. We just needed to manage it really well and, and control its content, curate its content. Can you say amen to that? So my, I think my, um, my desire tonight uh, is to invite you to create space. So would you stand with me to do that? So, so speaking of space, we're going to pray in a moment. Um, there's space in the front for you. Pray for you. Uh, cheer you on. Weep with you. Whatever your fight is, we're fighting it with you. There's communion at either side. You can any Sunday. Go to keep a little bit of space for those snacks at Warehouse One. You got to you got to keep a little bit of space for that. Good coffee, great pancakes, amazing lemon meringue. Red Band has upped its game. Big time. I didn't know what's happened there, but it's big. So make space for that. Make space to hang out. But the most important thing is to make space in your heart and in your head and make space for God. So could we pray along those lines tonight? So would you close your eyes for a moment? And, and my invitation is confidential in a way because to make space, you're going to have to do a bit of garbage clearance and maybe a bit of unfruitful uprooting and you've got to perhaps change your attitude or your wording so you don't end every sentence with a definitive impossibility and end every sentence instead with a hopeful confidence in, in a God outcome. And so, so with that in mind and in this like, I think it's been an intimate night. Even in worship, I felt like it was an intimate night, like intimate with the Lord. I want you to confess to yourself, to the Lord, that, that your space has gotten cluttered and that you, you need it cleared. So, and, and, then, and then maybe equally, like clutter aside, you just need like room, room. You need breathing space, new things space. Like it's so tight that you need space for the Lord. I want to pray for those two things. So if that's where you're at, I wonder if you would just take an action because I, I sometimes think actions create motivations, right? Just take an action and raise your hand or hands and say, I'm going to jump into that prayer right now. That's a good prayer for me. Good, good, good. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, uh, thank you. I, I see you guys. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, will you by the wind of your spirit blow afresh the, the fire, the flames, the coals in our heart and fan them into flame? Will you teach us to separate the wheat from the chaff, that stuff that is just unuseful, 
and store only the stuff that is useful. Will you please help us never to be deceived by bulk thinking that a lot is good when sometimes it just isn't. Would you now in the name of Jesus just cut out unfruitful things? Will you in the name of Jesus unclutter cluttered souls, unclutter cluttered hearts, uh, perspectives, eyesights, purging eyesights, the splinters and logs in our eyes, will you take them out? Would you just miraculously and supernaturally move in this house in this moment? And will you heal? And will you, will you restore? Like the psalmist to say, just give me space to heal. And then Lord, for those who need space to grow, space to believe for something big, space to let you be more present, will you create that space in our hearts right now? We grant you consent. We grant you permission. We will not be overloaded, unavailable, inaccessible. We will not be too full for you. Will you come Holy Spirit tonight, right now, just this divine moment somewhere where humanity and divinity meet, somewhere where the human condition meets the supernatural invasion and will you just do a miracle in Jesus' name? Can, can depression that has filled the room please leave in Jesus' name? Anxiety, Martha, you are anxious and worried about me. Can that anxiety just leave the room in Jesus' name? Not robbing us of the moment and making us live in anxiety and live in, in fear in our own skin. Would you in Jesus' name, by your Spirit, minister to us tonight. Lord, there's space for you here. There's space for people here. And there's also space for you. Will you visit us in our worship? Will you visit us in our conversations at coffee time? Will you visit us in our preaching? And will you visit us at the altar and start a miraculous work in Jesus' name? And everybody said, would you for the last time give God a shout of praise? I know that's a whole thing.